So this morning, I want to preach on, my, well, yeah, the title of my message is Being a Disciple. Being a Disciple. And, you know, like, if, I, if we mention the word disciple, what is the first scripture that comes to mind? What is, like, the thing that people always say? Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28, which is a great scripture. That's obviously our commission. That's our mandate. God calls us to do that. He calls us to, to see people get saved. He calls us to make disciples, to walk with people, um, to draw people into family, etc., which is great. But this morning, I actually want to look at being a disciple from a different perspective. Not in the sense of making disciples, because we all know that we should do that. But actually, what does it look like to be a disciple? So kind of the opposite perspective of making a disciple. What does it look like to be a a disciple? And um, just hold on. Sorry, I'm a bit hot. I was going to tough it out, but I'm going to start sweating. So, um, yeah, so what I want to say this morning, kind of the foundation of, of that is it's important that we hear what I have to say through the right lens, because otherwise people might misunderstand, etc. So the foundation of what it means to be a, a disciple is that we are first and foremost, we are disciples of Jesus, Right? So we are, we are his, his disciples, and he calls us to make disciples. Um, so in our context, in this family context, you know, us believing or the value of being a priesthood of believers, of everyone playing their part, that it's not about the guy in front, but that all of us are called to, to the works of ministry, each one playing our role, each one fulfilling what God has for us in, in, in his kingdom. In that context, it is important to say that we are first and foremost disciples of Jesus. Because in, in a context of being priesthood of all believers, we cannot give what we don't have, right? We can't disciple other people if, if, Jesus, if, if we are not being discipled by uh, Jesus. We can't love people if we, if, if we don't know his love. The Bible says we, he first lo- we love because he first loved us, right? Um. People cannot drink from our well if it's dry, right? Um, and as we, it's important to say, as, we, as there's an overflow in our walk and intimacy with God, other people can drink from us. But as soon as we run dry, as soon as that connection, you know, of being his disciple, if, if that's not there, we, we, this can't happen. Then this is going to become a social club. We're going to get together on a Sunday, have good coffee, chat a bit and, and go home. There's, there's not going to be any depth to what we do here. So that's the foundation. We are all, always first and foremost disciples of Jesus. And as we are priesthood of believers, as all of us fulfill what God has called each one of us to do within our family context, just want to encourage us all to really just prioritize walking with Jesus, reading his word, praying, walking with him. Okay. So we make disciples because we are his disciples. We love one another because he first loved us. And this is the why, this is the reason of my message this morning. We are disciples of one another because first and foremost, we are disciples of him. Okay? Okay. So that's the foundation. That's the lens that I want you to hear what I have to say this morning. Um, Now, being a disciple, 
being a disciple. So we are called to make disciples, but what does it look like to be a, a disciple? So I want to look at how are we disciples of one another. How do we posture and position ourselves to be disciples of others God has placed in our church community? Because we often say we have to make disciples and we have to make disciples. But there is a sense that we are also disciples of one another, right? That we are called to disciple one another. In our walk with God and us becoming and fulfilling what God has destined for us, individually, so for you personally, what God has placed on your life, and as a body, and fitting into what God is doing among us, it is vital that we allow ourselves to be discipled by others. It is vital that we allow ourselves to be discipled by others. And I do want to say this. You will never walk in what God has for you by yourself. Never. Because it's unbiblical. You know? <laughs> no, but, but like, like, you know, these days, rent a crowd right over here, love it. You know, these days, like, people, it's like, yeah, it's me and Jesus. You know, I'm just going to follow him. But actually, you'll never walk in what God has for you by yourself. Like, Christianity or walking with Jesus is a team sport. We cannot walk with him and not walk with the church. Like, you'll never, you'll never fulfill what, what God has for you. It doesn't matter how hard you pray, how much you read your word. You'll never, yeah, you'll never walk in what God has for you um, by yourself. Like, God has designed the church to manifold his glory. And we are the church, each one playing our part, each one discipling others and being discipled by, by others. So this morning, I want to focus on two aspects of what it looks like to be a disciple. Not to make disciples, because I feel like we do that well, but to be a disciple. Point number one, being a disciple is an active thing. Being a disciple is active. Mark 1, verse 16 to 20. <clears throat> As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. That was their jobs. They were fishermen, so they were busy doing their jobs. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father, and their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So, yeah, you, you can just keep it up. Thanks, Lauren. So, if you look at that scripture, you know, them being a disciple was an active thing, right? There was nothing passive about it. They didn't go, you know, maybe, maybe I should just, you know, go and pray about it. Maybe I should, you know, just spend two months, you know, doing something just to figure out if, if this is true. They left their nets at once. And it's important to know that they were busy with work, right? So, they weren't leaving like a side hustle or a hobby I mean, it might have been both, <laughs> but they were at work, you know, like um, um, James and John, was, they, 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 they were busy with the family business. They were busy helping their father and hired men fishing. And Jesus, being a rabbi or being seen as a rabbi, called them, and at once they left everything and they followed him. So it's an active thing. To be someone's disciple is an active thing. It is stepping out, um, yeah. I did some research this week on what it looked like in Jewish times to be a disciple of, of a rabbi because I really just wanted to understand what it meant. 
you know, like we read this, and we should read this in its proper context. And I just want to read something that I came across this week. It's not in the Bible, so I'm not going to... In the first century, a Jewish man who wanted to become a disciple of a rabbi, and this is now based on, on, on this um, scripture, <clears throat> was expected to leave family and job and to join his rabbi. They would live together 24 hours a day, walking from place to place, teaching and learning, studying and working. So in, in other words, doing life. They discussed and memorized the scriptures and applied them to life. The disciples' calling, as described in early Jewish writings about basic ethics, was to cover himself in the dust of his rabbi's feet. And that was kind of a, that was a thing which they said. Drinking in his every word. He followed his rabbi so closely that he would walk in his dust. And that was an, an expression they used, to walk in your rabbi's dust. In doing so, he, be, he became like the rabbi, his master. Simon, Andrew, James, and John, so it's talking about this scripture, knew that this was the type of relationship because it was their context. It's what, it was what they understood and saw every day, a disciple and a rabbi. Um, knew that this type of relationship to Jesus was, this was the type of relationship to which Jesus was calling them. So immediately they walked away from their work and went after him. For three years they stayed close to him, listening to his teaching, watching his miracles, learning his principles, and walking in his dust. Quite phenomenal, eh? So the disciples of a rabbi would actively stay close to the rabbi to be discipled. Now obviously today, I mean, I don't want to put God in a box. If God calls you to do this, you can. But obviously, we're not going to do this with one another today. Like, we're not going to all become homeless and poor and, you know, just follow one another around as we do life. I mean, you can if you want to, to each his own. But, you know, um, but the, the question that I, I want to leave with us is, do we posture and position ourselves to be the actively the discipled by others? Because that we can do. You can actively position yourself to be discipled by others. Um, remember how I started this morning, the foundation of us being discipled by, by others is us first and foremost being, being discipled by God. So actively being discipled by Him. And as we are discipled by Him, actively being discipled by, by one another. If, you, if we look at Hebrews 3, verse 12 to 14, <coughs> see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. So not encourage yourself daily. Encourage one another daily. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Because it's like, yeah, deception, you don't see it coming, right? That's the point. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end of the confidence we had at first. Just just, just keep it there. It's amazing how the, the writer here, how he floats between this relationship and this relationship. So the main point of what he's saying here is verse 14. His desire is to see people hold firmly um, in the confidence. In other words, Jesus paying out for our sins, us walking with God, that being confident to boldly draw near to the throne of grace. So his, his heart here is for us to finish with that, with being confident in what God has done for us. 
But the way that we finish like that is over here. Because it says, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So there is a sense of if we want to finish well like this, if we want to walk in what God has for us, if we want to hold um, fast to the confidence which we have, we need to encourage one another daily. So there's this tension between this and this, right? Do you guys see that? So the writer floats between our walk with God and, <coughs> excuse me, and the importance of our walk with others. So, yeah, over here, you can only be encouraged if you allow yourself to be encouraged, right? So discipleship is really an active thing. That's the point. Like, it's not a passive thing. We have to intentionally position ourselves to be discipled. You know, like, just some questions. And we don't need to answer this. You can if you want to, but you don't need to. Do you feel disconnected in our context? Like, do you feel disconnected? So the question then I want to ask is, what are you doing to be connected? Because it's an active thing. Do you have questions about raising kids? We have a bunch of young families here. Do you have questions about raising kids? I mean, this is relevant for me. That's why I thought about this. Well, are you then spending time with people who have walked that journey? Are you getting in people's homes that have raised kids that can help you, that can guide you, that, that can teach you, you know, one or, or two things? Do you feel like no one is loving you? Well, what are you doing to receive people's love? How are you positioning yourself for people to love you? Are you struggling to walk in purity? Well, who's holding you accountable? Who have you asked to pray with you, to come alongside you, to pray with you, and to hold you accountable? Um, do you struggle to get victory over sin? Who's, who's praying for you? Who have you gathered around you to pray for you? So, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of questions we can ask. And the point is, in, in today's culture, it is so easy to go, serve me, you know. Someone minister to me. And that's a good thing. We have to minister to one another. But active, be active. Position yourself for, for someone to pray for you. Position yourself for someone to minister to you. Position yourself to be discipled. And I'm not talking about a Sunday morning. Like, like the disciples with rabbis walked in their dust. It was an active thing. Um, and just one, uh, one other example from the Bible is Peter speaks, I think it's Peter, speaks about all the women teaching younger women the way of life, you know? So, so there's this constant thing of being discipled by, by others. John 13. And this is pro probably... God is speaking to me about the scripture for the last six weeks over and over and over again. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And you can't be passive to love people, right? I can't, be, I can't sit in my home and say I'm loving people. Loving people is speaking the truth in love. It's walking with people, it's praying for people, it's spending time with people, it's helping people when there's need. All that is loving people, and it, it's an active thing. Um, and the beauty of this is, when unbelievers, when people that don't know Jesus walk into our midst and they see we love one another, they go, I've never seen this. 
Like, is someone paying you to do this? Like, you get a bonus at the end of the year. Why are you loving people? And that shows them God and, and his gospel. Um, I remember a few years, so my mom is in Josh in Durbanville. She stays that side. And I remember a few years ago when my dad passed away, my auntie, who's not a believer at all, came and just stayed with her for a few weeks. And my mom was, so what happened was Durbanville PM, I think, planted out to Durbanville Central. So it was a new plant. People didn't, my mom didn't know the congregation at all because it was very new. And then my, in that time, my dad passed away and my auntie came and stayed with her for a few weeks. Now, my, my mom was in the congregation, but it, it was a plant. So she didn't really know anyone yet. And I remember people just dropping off meals. That don't, she, she doesn't know them yet. They don't know her yet. It's, it's, it's very fresh. And, and who leads that congregation, he just organized people to drop off meals. And my auntie was blown away. She was really blown away by people just dropping meals that my mom didn't even know. She's never met them. And they would just arrive and they would drop meals for her. And she couldn't believe that people out of their own time would actually do this. And she's not saved yet. But my auntie is like, oh, guys, because of that, she's open to the gospel. We're having conversations with her that we've never had before. So, yeah, so it's, as we love one another, it shows people something uh, about the gospel. Thanks. So, I love encouragement, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just want to bring the, the, the point across to be discipled is an active thing. Now, how does this happen? In our context. And I want to reference Ryan Kingsley here from The Gathering. This happens in our homes. That is the, the way God calls us to, to be disciples. Um, and programs and courses and things like that, it's all good. And we have to have that. And that teaches us stuff. But it will only have a certain impact. The way we build a New Testament church, according to the Bible, is all of us being actively discipled and, and discipling others. And not just sitting and listening. We, there, is, there is place for that. But it's, it, we disciple each other in our homes. Just to quote Ryan Kingsley from the gathering on Saturday. He spoke about being in, in, in each other's homes. Discipleship happens not only at courses or in church buildings, but in homes. Homes facilitate family and God heals in family. That's beautiful, eh? Discipleship happens not only at courses or in church buildings, but in homes. Homes facilitate family, and God heals in family. There's something beautiful of us being a family, and we're being discipled by one another, and through that, God heals, and it brings transformation, and we end up walking in what God has for us. So, be active in being discipled, and get into people's homes, because that is the way that we do this. Point number two. Being a disciple is not only about information, and I'm going to use a very big English word, forgive me if I get this wrong, intellectualism. Is, is that right? <clears throat> I had to go Google that word. Anyway, we must be so careful in today's culture that we do not make being a disciple about getting information from people or becoming clever. What can I learn from someone? What information or facts or what five-step process can that person give me in, in order to help me? Now, don't get me wrong. Information is obviously important, and we learn from other people, definitely, and, and knowledge is part of it. But there is even a higher value. 
And I just want to mention, I just want to read one of the, the paragraphs that I quoted earlier. The disciples' calling, as described in early Jewish writings about ethics, was to cover himself in, himself in the dust of the rabbi's feet, drinking in his every word. He followed his rabbi so closely that he would walk in his dust. In doing so, he became like his rabbi, his master. So, there's some, so he would obviously get information from his rabbi. He would obviously impart knowledge. Beautiful, that's all part of it. But it's even a higher value of us becoming like one another as we see Jesus in other people and, and we learn from them and we apply what they say and we open up ourselves. Christ gets glorified in us and Jesus does something in, 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 in us. So we definitely need people to impart knowledge and information, but the healing and the transformation comes when we copy other, other people's way of life and not just getting information. And again, you know, we have to be so careful because in today's age, it's all about getting information. It is about having knowledge, being able, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we just have to be careful that that's not the only thing that we want because information doesn't change hearts, guys. To walk in his dust for a disciple was to learn to be like the rabbi, not only to get information from him. Now, I just want to say this. This is a bit of a disclaimer. We obviously need to be careful who we open ourselves up to, right? So, in Luke, Jesus speaks about the blind leading the blind. So, obviously, we, I mean, you know, like the beauty of church with us discipling one another can also be dangerous, you know? If we take to heart what, what someone says where we shouldn't. So if you look over someone's shoulder and you see a life of love, faithfulness, and devotion to Jesus, why would you not open yourself to that, right? But obviously, um, if you look over someone's shoulder and, uh, and you don't see that, I would just be cautious to listen to what, what this person is uh, telling you. And this is for young and for old, right? If you see a love for Jesus, a devotion and faithfulness, why won't you, why won't you want to learn from, from, from that, that person? And um, Mike Davies, you guys know Mike Davies? He, he tells a story where, like, many years ago when he was still leading a congregation, <clears throat> he, um, there was this guy who just kept on making bad, bad decisions time after time after time again, which is okay. We all make bad decisions, but he was unwilling to learn and to listen to what Mike had, had to say. So Mike was obviously trying to disciple him. Um, and this guy would make a, a bad decision. They would come together, and this guy would be so arrogant that he wouldn't actually listen to what Mike had to say. And Mike was obviously, he was very gracious with him, but eventually he said, you know, like, look at my life. And this wasn't arrogant, but, but look at my life. See my track record. Look at your life. See your track record. Who's right here, you know? Yeah, because, um, because we can really learn from, from, from one another, and, and people, all of us walk, walk with, with, with God, and if you look at someone and he has a good, or she has a good track record, why, I mean, why won't you open yourself to them? <clears throat> so let's be those who learn from one another and become like Jesus in other people, you know? Um, we see Jesus in others, and we copy their, their way of life. We open ourselves, we actively open ourselves, we position and posture ourselves to be discipled by, by others. If, you, if there's a desire in your heart for connection or for love or for prayer or whatever, you must actively open yourself for, for that. 
And if each one of us does that, just imagine what the church would look like. If each of us go, I want to be discipled, can I be discipled? And as we are discipled, we disciple, we disciple others. That's a beauty. And we draw people in. Um, it's not only, it's not only the, the work of the leaders to, to, to disciple. All of us must disciple. And all of us must be discipled.